Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, the Ascend Collective takes us behind the camera to tell us how they capture our favorite running memories. If you've looked at a photo from a trail race in New York and said, whoa, chances are it was taken by the Ascend Collective. Also, you'll notice that many of the runner biographies on the guest section of the podcast website feature pictures by Ascend. It's no coincidence. When I ask a runner to send me their favorite picture for the page, they pick a shot by Ascend, no question. From sweeping vistas atop Ontario County Park and Whiteface Mountain, down into the water at GVH Mudslog and Menden Ponds Park, Ascend has developed a reputation for catching amazing images of trail runners in their element. Before we get into it, I'd like to give you a little context. Michael Lesher and Ron Hierkins Jr., along with Alex Tong, formed Ascend Collective about a year ago. Prior to that, each had been establishing their own photography brand. Mike with I Am Lesher, Ron with Ron Hierkins Jr. Photography, and Alex with Alex Tong Media. They found they were consistently appreciating each other's work. So, as you'll hear in the podcast, they decided to team up and begin covering events together. Over the course of a year, they began to define their uh, collective style and direction. This year, Ron and Mike decided to amp up their focus on Ascend Collective, while Alex decided to dig deeper into his graphic arts pursuits. Ascent Collective has put themselves on a level with some of the best trail photographers out there. The pictures absolutely have to be seen to be believed. So, you can follow along uh, using links in the show notes, which can be found at www.runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash 040. We'll be talking about some of the shots that are out there. Over the next hour, Ron and Mike give us a little bit of their backgrounds, a view of what motivates them, their processes for running their business, and a few uh, uh, quips and tips. You know, we know that constraints breed creativity. And funnily enough, at my prompting, we start out with a few, um, how would you say, guidelines for trail runners to play along in the game of getting the absolute best shot. Also, in the spirit of the season, the, I guess, Thanksgiving shopping gifting season, Uh, Ascend has created a coupon code for listeners of the podcast. If you head out to their website and grab some of your favorite shots, maybe even a few mentioned in this podcast, and use the code RIO, you know, that stands for Running Inside Out Podcast, so use the code RIO at checkout and get 20% off anything that you buy. That's pretty sweet. So this is good until December 31st, but I wouldn't wait that long because then it's too late to... uh, give it to someone as a gift. Well, I mean, I guess you could always give a gift. So, I mean, you know, just get out there and check them out and see if there's something you like and get 20% off. Buy one for a loved one or better yet, you know what you could do? You could buy a shot of you absolutely crushing a race and uh, send it off to your trail rival. You know, what better way to say, see you next season? Okay. And now, let's focus on the f-stops, shutter speeds, and sensor sizes of Rochester race photographers. 
So I was thinking a lot, and I'm trying to figure out where to start with you guys. You essentially stopped racing, right? You don't race ever, yeah. right? I ra- yeah, maybe I race once a year. On no. the same day, every <laughs> single year. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. I think Dan O pointed that out or somebody did, but uh, yeah. yeah. That's funny. So uh, it's like we can talk about your running, but more, I think it's, you know, photography. I mean, you yeah, sure. photography is more, sense. it's not just like race photography, you know, for you, you do lots of other photography. You have the nature thing going on yep. and some cityscape stuff. I don't understand the whole cityscape stuff, but, you know. Just bricks, angles, bricks angles and, and light. Bricks and concrete. Yeah. Um, and then Ron sort of has the the race photography and the hating people standing still pictures. <laughs> and don't smile. Yeah. I, <laughs> don't pose, don't smile. Don't ham it up or I will not take a photo. Oh, yeah, that's right. Don't ham it up. Yeah. We have other criteria for not taking photos of people. but That's, that's, that's my number that's one. That's Ron's number one one. You, you will be culled. Yeah, or exactly. the second one following that is don't ask me to take a photo of you. Right. Can you take a picture of me and my friends? Yeah. Number one for me, though, is if you screen cap our images afterwards and put them on Facebook, you'll never have a photo taken of you again. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> officially, <laughs> officially listed. Yeah, so you get black. Well, actually, no. We give you usually one try. You get one pass. We'll we'll say, hey, hey, can you take that down. We'd appreciate. We'd appreciate you. At first, it was an invisible list. Then we like, well, let's address it. And so we tried addressing it a couple times. And yeah, we gave like yeah. it was like a three strike policy, something like yeah. that. So, but you do this, I mean, we, we've seen some of the videos where you, uh, you know, Ron put out his behind the, behind the curtain, yeah. behind the camera, twisted branch. Yep. And that's a, you know, that was an 18 hour day. It was as yeah, long yeah. as my day running. You know, you've had days at zero SPF where I know you've been on both ends of the course, Yeah. you know, taking that horrible picture of me. Oh my God. <laughs> that life defining horrible picture of me on the power lines climb. So that's the other part. Of I this. like that photo. Of you. <laughs> I felt like that photo. There was a handful of ones of people coming up the hill where I was like, "That sums up this course. Oh, it just grinds gosh. you into a nub." It, it totally summed up my day. So <laughs> that's one of the things I think we're going to have to do is we're going to have to take some. We're going to inevitably talk about some of your pictures. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have to put those in the show notes. I'm going <laughs> to have like. And the thing about that 18 hour day is that's just the start. Yeah, yeah actually, the you day. Know, yeah, I think I rolled in at just after midnight. And woke back up at like four o'clock in the morning and started processing photos. <sighs> and it took until Monday or Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, we have a pretty strict we... policy for ourselves that we try to hold ourselves to of um, getting everything up within forty-eight hours at max. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so, why do you why do you do that? Like, what is it about getting out there all day and taking these pictures? I mean, I know that's a very loaded question, but. Do you want to go first? <laughs> let you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of things, I think. Um, a, at least for me, and I'll speak for me, and then Ron can say whatever he wants, but I think we're probably pretty aligned, just based on conversations we've had, is it's about capturing people doing something awesome in areas that we really like. Like, we love upstate New York. We love trails. Um, it's not to say we're limited to upstate New York, but we love it here. Um and really seeing people, I mean, we really like to do ultras and bigger events because it's something that's like a goal race for people. It's something that they've been training for months to do in a lot of cases. And, you know, you have that race as a participant, 
and you remember it, <clears throat> you know, probably the rest of your life. But to have something that's better than a cell phone shot is kind of what we were targeting, right? And in most cases, people don't really even go into where we're looking. Because if you notice, a lot of times you won't even see us at a finish line because there's a thousand other people there with a camera that you're going to get a shot of yourself crossing the finish line. But mm -hmm. you don't have people out in the mud, in the dirt, in wherever, climbing up the side of a mountain with, like, a camera and who knows how to use it to take a photo that you want to yeah. hang on your wall. Well, that's what I was going to say. You set that bar of better than a cell phone picture. I think the, the <laughs> bar's a little bit higher than that. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ron? Mine kind of started, uh, you know, I ran pretty hard for four to five years. And during that time, I have maybe three photos of me that was taken during that time that I said, wow, that's a pretty awesome shot. You know, I'm proud of that. That That's me in that shot. And two of those photos were taken by Mike. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I mean, these are about two thirds of the races that I've done. And to right. think that I've done all those and I've only walked away with three photos, I was happy to actually like, I would actually buy the photo and put it up and constantly use it as a photo I look at mm -hmm. to remind me, yeah, that's the kind of person I am. Right. Um, you know, I had been involved in photography in the past, and I walked away from it for that four to five years that I was running. Uh, and it kept nagging at me, nagging at me, and I decided to just go in, get a camera, and next thing I know, I was like, well, hell, I can get to places other people can't. And it's specifically due to the training that I put in with trail running. Right. The average photographer is not going to go two to three miles in and go up a 2,000 foot climb to get that photo. Yeah. And so I started taking those photos and really going after those people, like, you know, showing them what they're doing. You know, you know don't smile, don't ham it up because what you're doing is pretty damn awesome. Right. And I want you to look at that same photo and say, I want that on my wall. I want to, and so my approach to everything that I take and everything I put out, and this extends beyond that and into the theater photography that I do is that if it was me, I'd be happy to put it up on my wall and I'd be proud to see that up on somebody else's wall. And it's happened to me several times now that I've walked into somebody's house and I'm like, oh, wow, that's weird. Yeah. It's still a weird feeling. So, yeah, I have a couple of those up on my wall. I have one of his, one of yours, one of. Two of yours, actually. Um, so this begs the question. I mean, you guys take some damn good pictures. Thanks. So the question is, how how did you, is it just pick up a camera and start shooting and study it and get better? Either of you <clears throat> go to school for t photography? Um, in or, my case, my grandfather was a photographer. So I grew up around cameras. I grew up around a dark room. And um, I got to learn a lot from him. And then I took some classes in college as well. And then for years, I didn't really do <clears throat> much of anything other than have an interest again in photography. So then when I decided that I didn't like racing as much as I had from time to time, um, it seemed like pretty natural to just grab a camera and go out and experiment. And really, a lot of it is just experimentation and having an eye. I, people say having an eye for things. I don't really know exactly what that means, except that like I grew up, and Dan Ostrander and I talk about this a lot, or I've talked about this a lot, is I grew up skateboarding a lot. I watched 
hundreds of hours of skate videos and different angles and different things that I think has played a pretty large effect to the way that I approach a, sh a shot. Um, and so I think subconsciously I was probably being trained to look at a certain thing from a different from a different perspective, right? A lot of skate videos, you're not you're not seeing people head on coming yeah. like towards the camera or things like you're seeing like underneath the lip of the you know pool or down from above. You know, the right. skate videos inherently try to take a different perspective. I think right, and then you couple that with like what Ron was saying is then you you sort of take that same idea of coming up with an interesting angle, putting it into the woods, and saying like, oh, here's a really interesting hill or turn or tree or whatever, and if when somebody comes around that turn with the light just right it's going to be awesome mm -hmm. and you just start to me it's a little bit like math in that way you just start putting your pieces together and you're going to get a good result mm -hmm. um but you have to think about it like that like i mean when we go out and we shoot we have a rough outline of the course and where we want to be but like i usually find i give myself like a one mile radius around wherever that is i just kind of like hike around and look for the right light the right turn whatever unless we've gone out and done a lot of scoping out of that course. Mm -hmm. Like, Twisted Branch is a difficult one where we know it's just long and giant, and we know kind of where we want to be, but you got to kind of mm -hmm. poke around, and you can't see the entire course all at once. Right, and you um, don't want to take you don't want to take the... You guys made a concerted <clears throat> effort to not take pictures from the same place this year yeah. in 2016 as you did 2015. Correct. I mean, it's a 64-mile course, right? There's right. There's got to be a There's couple options. Of, <laughs> there's got to be a couple <laughs> of points. Exactly. Yep. And um, so, Ron, what about you? Did you just train yourself to take pictures? Well, uh, first I want to say, if you, if you just took like a, a bunch of the photos that Mike and I have taken over the last couple of years and threw them into one bin... I think from our backgrounds, you'll be able to figure out whose photos are whose without knowing who took that photo. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the reason why is how we come back and how we came at the angle. Uh, I grew up as a graphic designer, and I had my, my sights set on becoming a director and pursuing film. And that's always been my pursuit is looking through the lens of a, of a camera the way you'd see it in a movie. And I ended up getting involved in theater, um, and the theater... At that time, the they needed, you know, they needed some shots done, and so we picked up a point and shoot camera, and I started taking a couple shot, shots for him. Next thing I know, I bought another camera and was taking more shots for him. And through that process of working with the uh, artistic director at Blackfriars, I gained an appreciation for what good light, good composition actually does to a photo and how it brings it out. And over the ten years since that I've been working with doing theater photography, it complements what I do in running photography is that everything I do is I try to find the light and capture the light and deal with it in a way that is pretty inspiring and like, you know, how can I make this light unique and deal with what's given to me. Um, it's very hard on cloudy days to figure out like, what the heck are you going to do with this? How do you make the scene interesting? Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, you can look at my photos and you'll see a, an emphasis on on lighting and personality and you know really capturing those emotions mike's is those art those angles those mm -hmm. great landscapes that are amazingly complement each other in mm -hmm. a weird strange way that works it it works actually it works but really, you can, like you say mike he does you know one of your best photos is the picture of kendra right oh, and yeah. and not because like oh it's I don't know. I don't know how to describe it except for when you see that picture, you go, whoa. 
right? Like, because you capture the subject, you capture the trail, and you captured the whole vista. Like you put those three things, like you said, you had your math, put this together. And when a runner comes by here and then I put this and I right. take them all together. And when you see Ron's pictures, like there's a picture um, that Ron has of me coming down, um, coming down by devil's bathtub area, coming, mm-hmm. coming straight down the rocks at, and it was Medved madness. Yeah. And he's like at the base, he's hiding behind a tree and I'm like careening down. But when you look at the picture, it's framed. It's yeah. it's like this person is going to show up right here and I'm going to take this picture of them. Definitely. You know, so it, it there is a very distinct style that they do complement each other. Yeah, it's funny. I think of... Um I don't know, we've never talked about this, Ron, but um, I think of photography a little bit more like trapping than hunting, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense, is like you set the trap and somebody's going to come through it, and that's Mm -hmm. when you're going to capture them, because you've already set up all the other aspects of your shot, right? Right. You you know, I want this in the background, I want this lighting, I want whatever, and you're like, as soon as they come in from point A to point B, I got them. Um, As opposed to just like walking around and going like, oh, that looks cool, click. Yeah, that's kind (laughs) of what I do is fishing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, and during, the, during the smaller trail races that's a little bit easier mm-hmm. because you know if you don't get the first couple right mm-hmm. you can just refocus yeah. get it reset back <laughs> up and there's going to be somebody else coming really quickly and you, yeah. you have several opportunities and it's something yeah. that was an ultra like twisted branch you may only have one, <laughs> one chance shot. to get that photo because <laughs> you might it. not see anybody else for another two hours and then their lights <laughs> gone and, and then yeah. the lights the lights gone. change everything's gone the moment oh. that you wanted to capture it is gone <laughs> you know it, have you had times where that like you've just walked away dejectedly from yeah. a log it, and you're like worked. yeah <laughs> <laughs> mike's like texting me oh the light is so good i haven't seen anybody i'm turning back mitchellville gorge this year at oh, twisted branch like i me. <laughs> i would have paid money for a runner to come through there and they would have had the best shot of the day because the light was stellar Everything about it was fantastic, and there's no way, I think, as a runner, having run a lot of different scenarios, there's no way you wouldn't come through there with, like, a just smile of glee on your face, because it just had the perfect smell, and, you know, Mitchellsville Gorge, they've got, like, the pine needles on the ground, so it's got, like, a beautiful red carpet, Mm -hmm. smells amazing, it's late summer, everything. I was up there for an hour and a half, the sun goes down, and nobody came through. And I was like, what a waste. Uh (laughs) Like, not a waste of time. Then you turned around, here comes somebody down the trail. And then I turn around, I go down the trail, and the light's already gone. But the guy comes up right behind me, and I'm like, dude, if you would have been here 15 minutes ago. (laughs) I didn't say anything to him, because I I don't know what kind of day he's having. Yeah, he wasn't taking his time, I'm sure. I'm sure he wasn't either. Um, Man, do you like just take a picture and be like, I was here? You know, like, I was texting him photos off my phone. And we'll do that a lot. It's like, we'll just shoot, we'll set, shoot text backs and back and forth about whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I shot him a photo of the area and I was like, dude, it's so great up here right now. Yeah. It and you'll, be... you'll see that in, in some of our galleries too. You'll just see, you know, these random landscapes and that's what it is. We get to these spaces like, gosh, we wish there was somebody here, but <laughs> yeah. this is what we ended up with. Yeah. And it's weird. You know, it's, I, some of those pictures are the ones I like the most, but I, I don't, there's one that um, of the Overlook, right? Oh, yeah. Twisted Branch, the yep. Overlook, and there's one, the one that you took by the Boy Scout camps. Those two, you know, are like, oh, those are landscape pictures that I would actually buy. I like the the cornrow picture too, yeah. that has like eighteen different colors of the rainbow in it. I don't even know. I didn't even know there were that many colors. <laughs> you know, like, and right. so some of those, and you're like, oh, I really want to buy that. 
but then they also got this picture of me that I like want to buy. And so it's like, well, and I used to think it was a little weird to buy pictures <coughs> of yourself and then frame, but I got over that really quickly because yeah, they're pretty, people, they're pretty good. People get over that. Um, <laughs> and I, I think it's a huge difference of buying a photo of yourself of saying running a 5k versus doing something that you've trained your butt off for the year right, yeah, and going running a hundred K and that's where, that's where our goal is. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know what? You've put in all the work. Mm-hmm. You deserve this. Yeah. And yeah, you know, hopefully we're providing that. And I'll never say never, but I mean, you, you rarely, if ever, have seen us um, shooting a 5K or dirt cheap or whatever. And it's for that reason. It's, there's just, you can go, like, any of us could go and run one of those right now. We yeah. might not be our PR time or anything like that, but like, it's not something that you particularly have to mm-hmm. train incredibly hard for. But what we're interested in capturing is these things where people have dug deep proven something to themselves and we want to capture that moment so it's not just the course and all those things but we really want to show somebody like how strong they are how awesome they are yeah you often when you guys started this you would tell me that you know your goal was not necessarily to capture the runner a specific runner but more to tell the story of the event right to this event took place here and these people ran it and this is how they Correct. looked and this were the feelings that they had during this event. Yep. Is that something that, um, I don't, you know, we just talked about that. We started off with the don't pose and don't ham it up. And it's sort of that, that idea that people are like, Hey, yippee, look at me, I'm running. Um, that happens every day. Is that sort of the feeling? Whereas some of these more epic events, they're just, they're only going to happen once. Yes and no. Because, I mean, the main reason I say don't ham it up and you know don't don't do the jumping up in the air thing is because nine times out of ten it's not going to work and it's not going to look good. Right, and you're and you're, you're going to end up with that mm-hmm. one chance that you could have had a spectacular photo. You mm-hmm. you now look like a blah, blah, blah. yeah. I think it's I think you help that now by hiding in really unobvious places. places. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, sometimes it's not hiding. Sometimes yeah. it's like. That's where we got to go to get the shot. Yeah. You know, putting ourselves down into three feet of water. Yeah, we're going to get, get to that a one. different angle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because that, that angle works better than us. You know, we're up on the dry land here where mm. you can see us. Yeah. That's totally true. yourself. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess the way that I think about it is the audience that I'm looking for, I'm most interested to talking to as part of our photography isn't actually the runner, strangely. Like, I love capturing them and I love showing them all the things, but to me, the audience is kind of the race director. Mm-hmm. The race director sponsors all the ways to support that race. Um, like, Scott McGee and I have talked about this, about how, especially last year, like a Twisted Branch, right? Like, it's his inaugural year. He wants to go out with a big to-do of, like, I need to get show the sponsors that this was worthwhile. I want to validate it as a race, all those mm-hmm. things. He had high goals. And he felt, <clears throat> and to this day, he's one of the guys, um, him and Ian Golden, are probably two of the guys who, hands down, just genuinely have come to us and say, like, listen, we understand that as a race director, to showcase this properly, we got to hire somebody good mm-hmm. um, to showcase the event. And so when you see things like um, background photography of the day, so you might get the, the course, you might get a landscape, you might get whatever, it's to really kind of give a feel for the event for people who haven't signed up yet. Mm-hmm. Now, of course... I love also, as you heard me say earlier, I love um, taking photos of people who are doing awesome things because that's part of that's part of the event as well. Part of the event as well, exactly. Um, But that doesn't 
you know, we often talk about like, is it's difficult to try to get everybody in a race. Like if we were doing a 5k, we can get everybody, but on a 62 mile race, especially when it, like this year at Twisted Branch, when you have a large portion of the field DNFing before the halfway point or at the halfway point, we just can't get them. Yeah. I think another, you know, as, as we were just saying the 5k, you could get everyone. The thing about those pictures though, is you're not take a 5k. You don't get alone. You don't yeah, get right. to be by yourself. It's you so, with 10 other people. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there's me. And so I got to imagine as, as, uh, that's a challenge to even say like, okay, I'm going to have this great picture because that's the person you wanted. And somebody else ran right in front of them just as you took the shot. And, you know, yeah. just... and that's, that, that is definitely a thing that happens with the five K's. And the other thing that happens with most of the five K's is they're not in any place. That's something it. good. <laughs> I took, I've done one five K and I think you've done I've one five K yeah. and my five K was the Medved ALS. Mm -hmm. And that had, like three spots on it that I'm like, well, that's photogenic, that's photogenic, that's photogenic. And mm -hmm. it all wrapped around it being at Frontier Field. So it was a unique photo. Yeah. And the people that are spread out and kind of alone are the people that are towards the front. So they give, they get those trail-ash type pictures. You see, you know, the other person's way in the back. There's right. a big spread out. But yeah, I mean, when you hit a 5K, you know, mm -hmm. as you soon as you know. get past the first 20 people... You just get bunches, and then it just be, it becomes a yeah. It's noise. It and becomes it's not a, where, a good picture. Where's Waldo? Yeah, yeah. So you you got a picture of me at that five k that you shot. You got the picture just as I passed Josh Stratton in the <laughs> final kick. That didn't just, come up by accident, did no, it? No, <laughs> I just I just stepped in front of him, and Ron got the shot. That's awesome. And I enjoyed yeah. that, but I was throwing. Down. I enjoyed I had it my too. Watch, I, <laughs> I had my watch on, and to keep up with that race, I I was running like a 435 minute mile in between these two spots. So over like a half mile distance, I was just flooring it to try to get to these spots. And there was between one and the other, it was a half mile total. And it's like, that's not fun to me mm -hmm. because <laughs> it's, it's hectic and yeah, you can shoot a 5k, but yeah. it ain't going to look and pretty. The, and as we've seen, and it's when, not enjoyable. When you have to rush, you tend to leave gear behind. So, <laughs> Um, so there you, another thing that, um, you guys sort of changed, I think it used to be, um, in some races, when you saw the photographer, you knew that you were like either close to the trailhead or close to the finish. <laughs> I haven't heard about this. That's saying it, it makes sense. You're like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I must I, be by an aid station. I you're should... the photographer. I'm like, no, you're not. You're five miles away from the aid station. You're welcome. Uh, it, I wasn't aware that that's a thing, but yeah, that makes perfect sense now. It's totally a thing. You guys changed that Sorry. too. That was inadvertent. <laughs> <laughs> sort of crushing dreams mile by mile. It's like, I'm almost there. Uh, you know? The best was walking break neck um course for Ian, ian's race i walked the last loop and it's uh, i was probably about an eight mile loop and i ended up doing it without any water and so i started walking backwards and it was just insane and i was about four miles in and people were coming and they were about two miles from the aid station and they saw me and that was their thing it was like oh good you're you're here the aid station must be close i'm like my watch says 4.2 <laughs> good luck <laughs> Yeah, so, so that that's something that you've changed for us too, which sorry. is neat. No, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, get the shot and all that. And just carry extra water with you. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is sort of the how you do it a little bit, and why you know the fun parts about doing it. Let's talk a little bit about some brass tacks. Um, 
you guys obviously are a business. You take pictures, you take pictures. Um, when you are deciding like how Ascend Collective is going to present an event, do you, you each sort of cull your own sets? Do you go over them together? Do you have a strategy of like, this is what we're going to do today? Uh, loosely. I'd say. Um, so we have we use a tool to publish all of our photos together. So when we would go and we'd shoot, to Ron's point earlier, is like the work really starts when we're done with the event. <clears throat> so we'll come home, go to our respective places, go through the calling process, the editing process. Frankly, I've never talked to Ron about this, but I'm assuming it's probably the same, as I have complete trust that whatever he wants to publish is worthy of being published. So I don't have any... Um, apprehension hesitation anything about it and i have no need to be like what are you putting up there today um it's just a matter of like i said earlier we have like a 48 hour window um that we feel we need to be within because even on these events where people it's like their big event for the year say that happens on a saturday or sunday by monday they're back at work by tuesday so they're bragging about it at work on monday by tuesday they're already back in their normal day to day and it's like almost forgotten that they'll remember that it happened but like they're not hot about it right so we want to be able to get them that photo as fast as possible right? Um, for obvious reasons. And um, what will happen is we both just basically get home, uh, start going through that process, let it, we're communicating over the course of the day how far along we are or whatever, and then when we're ready to publish, one of us sets up the gallery and starts loading photos, and the other one starts pushing photos into it when they're ready. And that's really pretty much how the process works for, you know, as, as basic as a way of describing yeah. it as possible right and then when when it's one of us just doing <clears throat> our own you know one of us goes out to one it's pretty much the same thing it's just you know yeah if mike shoots something i have full confidence in what he's going to put up and and then I, vice versa i feel the same way it's just like you know we've now worked with each other for over a year and we've both seen each other's photography for a couple of years now and i feel completely confident in anything he puts out there and so when I notice when you you have the initials, you know, like you'll have, you may shoot some photos. They'll go up into Ascend and they'll they'll be oh, yeah, ML dash right, and you'll have the RH dash, and you'll also upload those to your own respective sites occasionally, right? No, no we we got we did that at first because we didn't we really didn't know how we wanted to handle it. Yeah. Um, and then we, we completely got rid of the initials. So if the initials come through, it's... It's an older a, event. Com, it's yeah. an older event because I don't have that even in mine. Mm -hmm. And so I, we just put AC on the front of it just so that when it gets out there, it's yeah. you know, we know it's an Ascend Collective event. Right. Um, yeah, and that's it used to be... It, it seemed like there would be some RHs, some MLs, and then some ACs. And, yeah, and you're, you're yeah. kind of getting into like how all of this started in the first place. Um, which might be worth covering. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get there. Go yeah. ahead, we're there. Yeah, we're there. Boom. So, I mean, it loosely... <laughs> Boom, we're at the beginning. Yeah, ta-da. <laughs> Once um, upon a time. <laughs> exactly, in a galaxy far, far away. Um, basically, I mean, Ron... Long, long time ago, by yeah, the way. Right, I messed that up. <laughs> Dano is rolling his eyes super hard right now, assuming he's listening. Um <laughs> Sure, he didn't just throw it out the window. <laughs> he might have just threw it out the window. Yeah. Cost him one phone. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ron hinted at this earlier. It's like we knew of each other and our photography years ago. I mean, we'd, I'd go run events. I was running a lot more events at the time. Ron was running more events at the time. We'd go shoot separately and 
just, you know, through Facebook, through Instagram, through whatever, we'd go, oh, hey, that's a cool photo of me or whatever. And Alex as well. And Alex and as well, yeah. Is. Thank you. Um, and so over the course of a year or so, we just had, like, conversations between the three of us, me, Alex, and Ron, and just talking about, you know, what we do, what we like to shoot, and so on. And then um, we had the idea of basically just forming a loose collective around, that's why we're called the Zen Collective, around not necessarily a business at first. It was just, hey, instead of us just going off doing our own thing, like if we combine forces, we can cover more events, we can make things a little bit easier um, for everybody. And if we have events that, you know, we haven't even touched yet, we have a pool of people to, to use. Um, and so over the course of the better part of last year, I mean, Twisted Branch last year was our first sort of official event, we'll say, and that was Ron and I went down and shot that. And it was great. I mean, we've had a really good experience over the um, over the last year. That really was your, your first Ascend event. That was our huh? first yeah. official event. Yeah, I was sort of thinking back to zero SPF, but that wasn't really an Ascend well, event. I, you, think I think what you, had happened is Scott had contacted you yeah. and asked you if you wanted to shoot it, and then you came to me and Alex and asked if one of us wanted to join you, and that's kind of... What yeah. sort what of led to? Well, like, why don't we do? Like, I don't want to do sixty-five miles by myself. Yeah, I remember that actually. I remember um, talking with you. So we so. uploaded a couple albums. We did, and that's so, I think how it started. Is damn we, good and <clears throat> Ontario Summit and zero SPF and Sekahunda in there or was it Cayuga? Uh, or white? It might have been Whiteface. So they might have been Whiteface. White yeah, it wasn't Sekahunda. Um, but yeah, and that's probably when you would have seen like the ML, the RH. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the ATs showing up in the file names. Yep. Well, and, and to me, that's sort of, you know, what that's, I guess, how you, again, learn the style, right? Oh, this is Ron's shot. Oh, this is Mike's shot, right? And you sort right. of, that was like a key, you know, you could figure it out. And and as we evolved as a sign, that was one of the things we just decided to get rid of is right. just because we're like, yeah, we want it to be one thing. Yep. We don't want it to be like, Oh, that's Mike's picture. I'm going for Mike's picture. Oh, yeah. that's that's Alex's picture. I'm going for. No, it's like mm -hmm. you're buying the picture for what it is and who it's from. Yep. Um, and that helped join us better in terms of what we were producing. Yeah, and it sort of takes that. It, it makes it a, a a thing that you both created together. Yeah. You know whether it's a spot that he scoped out and you're shooting, or you know the other way around. I remember one of the first times that we actually were talking about your photography was uh, damn good. Yeah. And it was the um the the day of the fog and the lights were coming through the trees and that was I, an awesome I, I I like I finished the run and I was like I can't even believe that I had to stop and I was like whoa and I was talking to you about that and you're like yeah I was there too and I was like what really you have pictures of that like <laughs> I, I want those pictures. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I saw that too. And I think you and I were like the only two people that saw it because I yeah. said that and some people were behind me and they're like, what? I'm like, don't you see what you're standing in right yeah. now? You know? Yeah. And that was like, wait, there's people that will hike in and capture these pictures. And, you know, that yeah. was kind of like one of those moments like, oh, I this is a thing. They're good at this. They should do more of it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, that, that day was awesome because um, a lot of reasons, but. <clears throat> one of the things that was interesting about it is like to this day, I think I sold the most landscape photos from that one race because, and, and I didn't sell that many photos of runners actually, but it was a lot of like the light streaming through the trees. Mm -hmm. Cause you remember it was like so hazy under the tree yeah. line yeah. and it was just 
I mean, to this day, I haven't seen anything quite like it. No, it was amazing. The, the, it was like rays of light just burned through the fog. Yeah. And that was it. And then everywhere else around that was fog. It was pretty sweet. So we're going to have to, like I said, we're going to have to have some of these pictures in the show notes. Actually, I think I I used your pictures in my blog write-up for that damn good race report. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think so too. I yeah, think I think I that. that's what we talked about. Yeah, that was the first. I'm like, I'm gonna like use your pictures, and you're like, yeah, make sure people know I took that photo, fool. That's right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and and don't get us wrong when we ask for credit and stuff like that. It's not that we're trying to be like braggadocious. Braggadocious is yeah, that the word? That's, that's the word. word. Um, that's the word. We have a lot of confidence in our stuff, but that's also how we get our name out mm-hmm. and how we eventually get business. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, right, and, is by and having our name out there. Not only that, but it's almost that um, the internet, as it were, um, has commodified a lot of things, and it seems to be that graphic art, you know, Ron, graphic art is stolen and repurposed every day on the internet. Words are stolen and it seems like photos are sort of going that way as well. And that sucks because, uh, last I checked your cameras weren't free, right? Not yet. Hey, let's do that. Maybe some photo nerds want to know about that stuff. What kind of camera you shoot with Mike? Oh, uh, I used to shoot. (laughs) That was a, that was a quick segue. (laughs) You caught me off guard. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I was just going to add to that is like, yeah, Yeah, it does happen. It does happen in the photography world, but it happens a lot less with what we do because Mm -hmm. we do have that focus on individuals. So the only person who's really going to try to use that is that individual. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot easier to find them when they do that kind of thing. And, kind of address the situation right that that is true and and again it's not a hey we don't want you to use that picture but it you've done a lot of things with trying to make pictures affordable um trying to make them formatted so they fit properly they look good i mean there's nothing worse than when i see one of (coughs) one of your pictures sort of chopped up and like i know oh, i love that i'm a big fan <laughs> i've seen like i've seen the original and i know what it looks like and i see like part of it and i'm like ouch yeah and the, bo- oh, hurts the bottom a little yeah and the bottom line comes like yeah we are a business and we do it but we do it because we love it mm-hmm. but as a business we have stuff to pay for right like those cameras <laughs> that we'll talk about like in those a minute. cameras like we'll those cameras like <laughs> Exactly. Um, okay, but, trying to bring it back, <laughs> bring like it back y'all. Uh, no, so I do want to. I want to make sure we touch on that because I'm sure that there will be some photography people listening sure. to this that will be interested. I've learned about prime lenses recently, so I'm kind of excited awesome. about that. Um, I know what a prime lens is now, so that's you just neat. To throw that in there. I just got you know. I like it. Yeah. Uh, no moving parts. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> I could do this job. You got it. Nailed it. Um, there's moving parts. But there's moving parts if it's not on the, <laughs> on the zoom. There's no zoom. <laughs> the, uh, Image stabilization. Fine. 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 Technical details. Shutter blades. It doesn't. No, there's no shutter blades. Yes, there are. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, what kind of camera do you so, have to shoot with these days? For, yeah, these days, uh, I was a diehard Canon guy for, for a long time, um, but I've since sold almost all of it to Ron. Um, I have moved exclusively to Fuji mirrorless cameras at this point. So I'm using right now a Fuji X-T1. I've got a couple of different lenses. Is that a a full-frame mirrorless? No, I wish. They don't have one yet. Um, They're 
Fuji just announced not that long ago that they're going to come out with a medium format one that's something like 50 megapixels, which will be, and it has a gigantic sensor. So that thing is going to be hot on my Christmas list. But, um, no, it's, and that was sort of the downside, I guess. It's like, so my Canon that I was shooting with was a Canon 5D Mark II, which was a full-frame um, so full-frame camera, and I, I loved it. Um, but it was, it's heavy. Uh, it's heavy, and when we go running around, and Ron can tell you the same thing, is uh, if you've got, like, that plus I was usually using either a 24 to 105 millimeter lens or a 70 to 200 millimeter lens, um, that's probably in the ballpark of an extra 15 pounds that you're carrying around while you're running um, to go to wherever. Uh, and as you can imagine, like I remember the year I shot uh, Out of Bounds, I was running up and down the Bristol Hills with that thing on my back and I wanted to die. I was like, this is worse than running the race because I've run the race and I know what that feels like and this was worse. <laughs> um, and I, so as soon as I found a camera that I thought replicated that quality, at least the image quality, I lose some pixels because I have a cropped sensor now um, as opposed to the full frame. But the image quality, I think, stands up. I did a lot of testing with it before I sort of fully converted. Uh, but the light weightness of it, lightweightness, the light weight of it, um, the, the weightlessness of it, yeah, it's like from <laughs> outer space. Um, no, it weighs a fraction. Uh, even yeah. with, like I can run around with three lenses in my bag and the body and it you barely feel it's there. Um, so that helps. But that's what I'm using right now. So, Ron, you're using a Canon Mark 5D Mark II. 5D Mark II. <laughs> I am at now, yes. That's basically my what's my backup camera. Um, when I got back in, I, I started off with a I don't know, T3i and quickly got rid of that and jumped in. Canon just had released the 7D Mark II. And the thing is phenomenal, um, especially for sports photography. Um, it's quick, it's fast, and you know, you've seen where I, I can just stop somebody just mid-run doing anything, and it it's been phenomenal. And it's it's my workhorse, and I use that for everything. And as I got more serious in ascend and more serious in bringing my business back up, um, the whole hassle of changing lenses becomes a pain um so you know you've got a 70 to 200 you've got a 35 millimeter prime you've got a 50 you've got a 24 105 it's like you're juggling all these things so when mike started switching over he had his 70 to 200 available and kind of weaseled that away from him um, <laughs> um Did you pay him in pictures yeah <laughs> no, no i just i, I just screen cap all his photos <laughs> <laughs> um so that was the, the first thing I bought from Mike was the 7200. So that complemented what I was already doing and helped with what I wanted to get out of theater photography. And that was where it's like, okay, I'm juggling all these lenses. You know, it would make this a lot easier and give me a little bit of a safety net should I drop one of these cameras in the middle of something. Because my theater photography was blowing up and if I was left without a camera, I'd be pretty screwed. Yeah, I could lose one for a send and I'd be okay because, you know, it's basically been a filler for us. And, um, so I'm like, Hey Mike, you still got that 5d Mark two. And right before Whiteface, I, oh, yeah. Whiteface weekend, I went and picked it up from him and I used it that whole weekend. Just, I, you know, it's 
controls were a little bit different. So I, just, I took a whole bunch of photos of following Ian Golden around the group that I went yeah, up there with. I remember that the day, the day of just like the getting ready photos is practice for the photographer too. And then the whole white face weekend, I had two cameras on me and I had one lens on one and one lens on the other. And I just did that the whole day. And then what I found is I could switch those lenses and because one's a crop sensor, one's a full frame sensor, I get completely different effects. So I was basically, I could carry two lenses with me and get four different effects, mm-hmm. um, depending on what I wanted to do. And it became vital with what I'm doing with the theater photography now is because I can always have that second camera there. Right. So you don't mind carrying the extra 15 pounds. You actually do it. Oh, I mind it, but, <laughs> but it's, it's the for the love of the, he's more I'm manly doing. than me. It's for the shot. <laughs> it's for the um, shot. That's right. It's for the it's yeah. At the end, the end, everything justifies what you're doing, and mm-hmm. you know that's yeah, what backpacks are for. And I just suck it up and do it. <laughs> yeah, and there's a new victory bag that's on Kickstarter right now. I'm I'm so so it's on my Christmas list. It's been funded for me, but the project's got like 40 hours left, and they need like four grand. But that it's got you know the idea. It's got the sections, so you can slide stuff in. It doesn't move around. It's really nice. I gotta imagine that you have if you're changing. You know, you got your cameras and you got something keeping them safe. Right? Yeah. So you got like, you got like armor casing gears, or you got like what? Uh, I use f-stop bags. Um, it's a outdoor photography bag company, for lack of a better term. Um, I use them a lot. That's usually what I've got with me. Um, if it's a smaller race, I have just like a leather satchel type of bag that is pretty secure that I'll got, carry that around. Got some seeds and nuts in it. Too. Seeds and nuts in it. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I have a, it's a low adventure bag and it's my bright orange bag. So, I mean, there's several pictures of me that's been taken with me hiking around with it and the thing's yeah. phenomenal. Um, but I'll generally have a camera with a lens in there and then a, a secondary lens and then... I almost always have the other lens in my hand or the other camera in my hand. Mm-hmm. So I don't have them both in the back. I only have them in the back when I'm getting ready for setup. But when I'm out on the course, I'm always carrying one um, just because you never know when that moment's going to happen that you want to be able to be prepared for it. You might not have the lens you want, but having a camera in the hand ready for something is better than having nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um the other piece, so we talked a little bit about that business thing. So you sell these pictures. That's the thing. Right? You do. You do. Um, and now you've used, you use an online site to do all that. But you've gone a long way in trying to, as I alluded to before, trying to customize these shots so that maybe somebody doesn't want to buy the you know $40 or $50 or $60 giant one, right? Yeah. Um, maybe they just want that quick picture to share. Yep. They they want something to be the placeholder while they tell the story. So you came out with that uh, the social media picture, which yep. is like ten bucks, right? And yep. it's ten bucks, and you get a, a pretty sweet memory of the race. And it's already cropped. It's ready to go. It's uh, it's right sized and color corrected and everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. right out of the box. It's exactly like the the. There's a forty dollar other digital download version that's. It has no uh, watermark and it's you know full resolution. You could take it to Walgreens or wherever mm-hmm. you want to get it printed, have it printed perfectly fine. <clears throat> but to your point, it's like if you have the ten dollar version, you can use it on social mm-hmm. media, but it's not really made to be. And it has a logo on it, our logo on it, and um, 
it wouldn't really turn out that well, or at least to our standards, it wouldn't turn out that well if you wanted to print it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we felt that we felt pretty strongly it was a way to do a couple of things. One, we want to help people tell that story. So for people who are bloggers, they want to have photos on their site. They don't need to spend $40 per photo to do that. We didn't want it to be a barrier for them to tell that story. But it's also a way for us to combat, to a degree, um, people who are screen capping. Because really, like, if you can't cough up 10 bucks for a photo, mm-hmm. then and you can just screen cap it and feel like, oh, I stole something and live with yourself over that, then I guess whatever you're going to do that yeah but we wanted to have that cost of entry to be really low because we do i mean our we think our time is valuable we think the time we put into it is worth it um but we want to be able to let people have that experience without having to spend 40 or 50 dollars or 60 i mean we've we've all run races that you spend 85 dollars for like a photo and and on that it's there's several photos that come out um from this area from nationally that they're straight out of camera photos. So what you're getting is literally the person just took it out of the card and posted it, whether it's mm-hmm. to Facebook or to their site. And one of the things I, I me on my own started and Mike on his own started is that whole, we don't want to put anything out there that we don't, we wouldn't be happy with seeing. And yeah. every single photo that we put out there, we hand touch. Mm-hmm. Now we're not like we're not going into Photoshop and hand touching that way. What I mean is that we actually will go in and adjust uh, some minor settings and crop it to where we feel it's just right. But every single photo that is we touch, I mm-hmm. mean, we have our hand on every single photo. All right, and you you have a pretty heavy delete finger. You yeah, I I no doubt we do. I generally my typical call is I I like to be around right a ten percent call. So if I take a thousand photos on a day, I'm coming in around about a hundred, hundred and fifty photos. Man, if I take a thousand photos, I have a thousand photos. Like I, I do not, I don't delete very well. I need to. I've always, I've said this shoot, too. Like, part of that, wrong, ha- you'll finally, you'll, you'll do that because you'll <laughs> lose hard drives really fast. Yeah. I mean, it, my hard drives, you know, expanding like a lot, yeah. but. A lot of that comes just from how fast these cameras can shoot now. I mean, you hold the, the shutter button down for a second, and you end up with thirty to forty photos, and you're just like, uh, "Oh my goodness!" Uh, oh yeah, like I was shooting a towpath bike, uh, breast cancer awareness ride and run in October, and I had to up my speed settings on my camera because with it being a bicycle, they're coming past me at. 20, 25 miles an hour, as opposed to a runner on a trail who might be coming past me at like seven miles an hour. So seven. Okay. <laughs> 10 for you, fast boy. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I had to up that. And so to Ron's point, it's like every cyclist that I got a photo of, I had 10 photos of because it was like, mm. as they went past and you know, there's going to be five or six of those 10 that I like, but there's only one I'm ever going to use. So you you keep sort of whittling it down. And so to Ron's point, it's like, not only are we editing each photo, because the things that I always go for is like, it needs to have, it needs to be aligned right. So it needs to be flat. I hate like tilty, tilty photos. It drives me nuts. Um, yeah, you know, people have pet peeves. And everyone gets color corrected. Everyone gets everything that we want to have done to it. And stylistically, each race, I sort of try to put a different touch on also to capture like whatever I felt that day um, or hopefully that they represented. But yeah, you then take those, in that case of that one rider, you take those 10 photos and you knock off 
four of them just off the gate you go like ah they're too far back too far front whatever but there's like a couple in the middle you go like is that one better is that one better and you keep working it down until you judiciously call that down to one and maybe because it is it's not do you do the same thing with family pictures um i rarely take family pictures now (laughs) 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 there's a reason for that i'm not going to get into it my wife will kill me but yeah (laughs) Family pictures of your family or family pictures of people who who hire you to shoot them? No, your family. Oh, my family? Um, yeah, uh, to a point, I do. With the boys, I mean, with kids, as you know, like they're, it, to get them to sit still is insane. So mm. I almost always shoot them in burst mode because mm. it's like the, ch- the chances of me getting them perfectly on one shot are low. But then after you do that, do you delete all of them? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Not always, but mostly. Um, yeah, I, it's just going I'm, back to your delete comment. Yeah, I I do. I do. Too. I mean, I I I found one of the biggest things that changed the way I work was going with your gut. Mm-hmm. That if totally. I look at a photo, if I look at it for longer than a couple seconds, and I can't say, yeah, that's a saver. No, that's a. It's instantly getting deleted. I don't care. I mean, it could be a good photo in terms of somebody else walking along and saying, oh, that's a great photo. If I have to sit there and look at it and I can't judiciously make a decision, it's gone. Same. And then as soon as I've gone through that full call, the first thing I do, delete from hard drive. I was just going to say. They're gone. I don't ever want to see them. I was going to say, so you don't leave them sitting in your recycle bin. No, no, I do this. I do the, yeah, (laughs) it's funny. I mean, every time we talk, we figure out we do the exact same thing, which we don't ever plan, but it just happens. But same thing is like, I delete it because I don't want to think twice about it. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. I, I can't get it back. I need some of that. Well, you know, whatever. I don't know. Hard drives free. Yeah, I'm a purger. Oh, that's good. It, well, no, I think what when somebody goes and looks at your photos in your gallery, they're seeing what you think is your best work. You don't you don't want somebody going through 150 photos uh, like you're presenting as you said, you're presenting an event for the race director to market. You may be looking at these for magazines. You may be trying to do things. I could see taking one whole event and just turning that into a coffee table book. And if you shoot 150 photos, that's a 150 page coffee, coffee book. That's really cool. Yeah. If 10 of those pictures are the bicyclist, right? You can't have 10 pages on your car, you know, like you can't do that. So you can instantly take an event and go, by the way, that's a thing, right? Ascend collective, the event coffee book. Funny you say that. I mean, you're getting ahead of us a little bit. <laughs> Trying to help you out here. No, that's cool because we've, yeah, Space our next to year. Movie. Exactly. Space falls to the lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love that movie. Um, that's awesome. I've gone plaid. Uh, which is an appropriate statement in the trail running community. Everyone wears plaid. Everyone. Um, nothing wrong with it. But uh, yeah, you're, you're getting ahead of us a little bit in the sense that. Like, that's what is coming up for us. It's oh. like we've been talking a lot about hard goods, about the things that we can sell. So it's calendars, it's coffee table books, mm-hmm. it's all kinds of things that people have shown interest in over the years that we're just, like, getting into production. Um, going back a little bit to, like, sort of how we started is, like, I'd say that year one, and that the line of demarcation for me is sort of, like, twisted branch to twisted branch. Yeah. Um, was exploratory. I mean, it was really trying to figure out, like, how do we work together as a group? How do we do a lot of things we just discussed around when we shoot an event? How do we load it up? How do we coordinate? How do we just physically work together? Rules of the business. The rules of the, yeah, of the business. Um, 
And I think that we've gotten that down pretty well. Uh, at right around Twisted Branch this year, we decided that we wanted to like take this to the next level and make it more of a full-fledged business. Um, that's sort of when Alex, you know, we had a co great conversation with Alex, and he decided that you know he wasn't quite ready for that yet, which is perfectly awesome and fine. Um, so we, Ron and I, have been moving on with that, trying to create a real sort of structured LLC business around this. And with that came like, hey, shooting events is great. <clears throat> but, but you know what would be great also is just like selling a lot of these things that people have come up to us and asked for over the last year. People have come up to us and said, coffee table books, calendars. We like mm -hmm. those spiffy jackets you guys wear. Mm -hmm. Whatever, right? I know Weldon's looking for that special calendar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weldon's, yeah, he likes boudoir. We're, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. All of Weldon's favorite trail runners. That's all right. All in boudoir. <laughs> Hobbs, Hobbs will be December, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, if not cover boy. Uh, so, because that's a... Like I said, you have to be heavy on a delete key and you have to be presenting your best work because you're selling these things and you're representing other people's stories and it and it should look good. Yeah. I mean, to Ron's point earlier, um, it's still a little bit striking or whatever to me, like to walk into somebody's house and see like one of our photos hanging there or whatever. And it's it's an honor, frankly. Like, I think going back to the heavy on the delete key, going back to like the gut feeling that Ron was talking about. Um, we are our own worst critics. Like we rarely see, uh, you know, you might look at an entire gallery and go like, every one of these shots was great or 50% of them were. And we'd probably tell you that like one or two were the rest of them are passable. Typically yeah. our conversations after we post this, eh, it's going up. Eh, I'm not very happy. With I don't it. know how it was. Yeah. And so then one, one of us will come back like, dude, that's actually dude, like really good work. Yeah, it's, it. it's better than a cell phone so, picture. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah, you know, we want we want to please the person who's in the photo. We want to please the race directors. Eventually, you know, we'd love to work with magazines and brands and sponsors. But at the end of the day, if I'm not happy with the photo, it's not getting up. <laughs> it's not getting up. But I have to be happy with my work. Mm -hmm. You know, it defines who I am, and it's going to define who we are as a Send Collective. I mean, there's some top class photographers out there that me and Mike are we're going to put ourselves up against them you know we're looking past just being in the Rochester Ithaca and Adirondack region we want to you know I want to travel the country I want to travel the world and represent who we are and you know the quality starts here you know if we're not firm on what we are and what we're putting out then it just becomes noise and it it's no different than somebody else's stuff that's putting put out there. Yeah. And, the you know, to the idea of seeing our photos on somebody's wall, I mean, besides it being sort of an honor to us, is that's kind of at least the way that we've talked about it in the past. Is like if we look at a photo that we've taken, if we're not looking at it and saying somebody's going to hang that on their wall or somebody, I would hang that on my own wall, um, it won't see the light of day. Walking into Ian Golden's store in Ithaca and seeing... My photo, oh, how big was that banner? I don't know. 16, 16? Yeah, it was six feet. Six feet? Yeah. Uh, just blew my mind. I've never mm -hmm. seen something. Yeah, I mean, not six. It was like 12 feet long, six yeah. feet tall. I mean, this was this was humongous. And, it was yeah. humongous. It, it's humbling as well because you're like, <laughs> somebody thought high enough that yeah. that deserved that. Yeah. I and, didn't. I, I, I... <laughs> 
I still am not at that point. I don't feel that my work deserves that treatment. Mm-hmm. But it looked it looked pretty good. And uh, Mike, you had the the one of Kendra at Ontario Summit that got a lot of play. Um, yeah. But I think that one of the golden, you know, the supremely colored cornfield has gotten a lot of gotten a lot of legs too. Did you recently have something get um, published as well? Oh, uh, yeah. The Rochester Magazine published. They have an annual landscape um, issue, and one of the shots that I took last year at Twisted Branch was submitted and was accepted to that, which was cool. And right now we've got um, we get contacted fairly frequently from like Finger Lakes tourism committees, mm-hmm. um, wanting photos from different races. Uh, which in part I you know I have to give credit to um, like Rob Feisner, Mort Nace, and Scott McGee for you know usually they're being approached by Finger Lakes mm-hmm. and like hey we know you run a race down here we want to promote it we want to promote the area whatever and they're almost always pointing those guys in our mm-hmm. direction which is great so you know our work does show up into, into like regional magazines mm-hmm. fairly frequently which is cool and ron you're you had um a write-up you had one <clears throat> trail runner right or was it no it was ultra running magazine i've had yeah i've had a couple now in both trail runner and ultra runner mm-hmm. um davin oskva uses a couple of uh mine for a lot of his stories and it just happens you know davin's a, a regional runner so i've you know, there's a good ant. If there's an ultra, he's going to be there, and I'm going to be there. And yep. um, so, a couple of his, I've accompanied a couple of his articles, and I know there's one Eric is putting up one. There's a couple that are coming in from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's happens. cool too. I mean, you know, you're getting out there. Still waiting for that cover photo. <laughs> but yeah, well, that's kind of you know, there's I'm, a there's a bias against the East Coast that well, we're I'm trying gonna, to hopefully get rid of. I'll be in shape for many on the Jenny. I'll let you know when I'm going to be over the bridge. Awesome, you know, be able to snap that photo. You just said something sort of interesting, Ron, about the bias of the East Coast. I mean, it does seem that there's a bias on the East Coast, and I think when we talk to race directors and things like that, they'll sort of say the same thing. It's hard. It's not hard for them to get participants to show up, but it's hard to get as much press as what a West Coast race does. And mm-hmm. um, to me, going going back to kind of why we do this, like I was saying earlier, is I love this area. Like I grew up, I didn't grow up here in New York State, but I grew up in the Northeast. And uh, yeah, I think that anything we can do to promote that is sort of like icing on the cake. Yeah, well, we're starting to get some of that. Beast Coast is up yeah, and out there. Exactly. And we got we got people like... Zach Miller, sporting some Beast Coast. Yep. Um, Maggie Gooderall. Run uh, PA. Yep. So there's there's some Beast Coast people out there, you know, Absolutely. and I think they're starting to get noticed. And Totally agree. And whatever we can do in our small part to mm-hmm. help that, I yep. think is a, a Unfortunately, most of the stuff they're getting showcased is West Coast races. <laughs> yes. But so they're, they're East Coast runners getting showcased through West Coast races. Right. And what we'd like to see is... East Coast East races. Coast runners, yeah, being like, highlighted hey, in East out. Coast races, and well, and that's what I'd like to highlight: East Coast runners and East Coast podcasts. There's a you know, there's a like, huge right, difference. Right, same thing. There's a yeah. huge difference between the trains as well. I mean, you've got open views and open vistas, mm-hmm. and the West Coast galore, you know, from Colorado on. So a number, any number of those races, that's going to provide you something that's like, oh, that's a cover shot out yeah. here. It's hard to come by. Well, we have some of the best trails, hey, but our, there's trees. Our roots and rocks are beautiful, man. Oh, yeah. They are beautiful. So yeah. I get a little burnt out with roots and rocks. Then you have a race. <laughs> then you have a race like 
Ian Golden's white face that comes along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And provides you an opportunity that has now happened twice to me. I've gone to be able to go and shoot the sky race and the views from up there are phenomenal. The clouds, yeah. you know, it was full on clouds the whole day. It was raining and pouring. And then here comes Ian up the hill. All of a sudden the clouds break, the sun comes out and I get my favorite shot I've ever taken. I yeah. mean, I, I, everything I've ever taken, the, the one, is it Clayton? Clayton Bouchard. Is the, is yeah. the guy with the beard? The guy with that's the beard. His hands beard. behind his back. His that's my favorite flowing. shot of yours also. Yeah. And it's just like, that's East Coast to me. Yep. That is, that's what I see when I come here and run. Yep. That's a great shot. That was, and, that's my favorite shot of yours. Yeah. And there's also Breakneck too, right? Which I mean, so. And break, yeah, Breakneck. I mean, we have, we have those Vista areas. Mm-hmm. But they're very hard to come by. Good thing you because good our thing mountains you got here some have base trees mileage. on them. A lot of our mountains here have yeah. trees on them, or races are not allowed to go up them. Yeah, it's a good so, thing you got base miles to get up to the top. Yeah, those base miles are starting to fade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only run now, so I can keep doing this. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I run. Clearly, don't race. We'll run for photography. Exactly. It, it's good training for what we do. Yeah, it's great training for what we do. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite one that you've taken so far? Favorite photo? I don't know. Uh, well, I'd say either... I like, I like the Kendra one. Um, I feel like it got more play than I would have given it, which is interesting. Like, cause, and that kind of speaks to the idea. Like, You don't really know what people are going to like. Uh, one of the ones that I just took that I really like, um, I was so pleased with it. You, it. you jogged my memory earlier when you were talking about like standing in water to take photos was actually at Menden Ponds Park at the uh, towpath bike run and ride. Um, there is the culvert. Uh, yeah, the little culvert thing. Mm-hmm. And like I climbed, I was, you know, every, I've shot that thing a hundred times. Everybody's run over it a billion times. And for whatever reason, I was like, I'm going to get down in the water and I'm going to shoot under it while somebody's coming over it and catch like the reflection of the water on the other side. And yep. as soon as I got down there, I was like, this is going to be great. It's an awesome shot. And you got, you got her just as she's, she's floating over the culvert. It's, it's an awesome shot. Thanks, man. Awesome. That, that's probably my most recent favorite. Um, I'm going to get down in the water. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, that's the thing. Sometimes you just got to, you're just like, listen, I don't really feel like putting my feet in that wet water right now, but it's going to be worth it. Yeah. And I don't even remember how cold it was. I don't care. Because yeah. it was worth it. Well, and then you got the picture of Ron taking a picture of you in the water. Oh, yeah. At, uh, yeah. <laughs> then you got All the, the way around. Yeah. So you were in the water. You took a picture of Ron. Of Ron. And then somebody else took a picture of you yeah, taking a picture Jenna of Ron. Jenna Feisner <laughs> right. took a photo, and it was just like, <laughs> it's like the Kevin Bacon of photos. <laughs> yeah. But that's you don't get to see you guys at work very often like that. So that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, that was I, that was a really fun race because Ron decided he wanted to uh, shoot video for the better part of the race, and I was like, oh, I'll shoot photos. So it's rare that we're ever actually in that close of proximity of one another either at a race. Like usually, you know, he's on one end, I'm on the other, and we're crisscrossing the whole way across the race. But that was a scenario where we ended up just like there at the part where they had to climb on their hands and knees underneath the tents. Um, uh, that's when Ron sort of like came up with a group of people and I was already there and I was like, let's just keep going. And so we just kept going like up through the mud and everything. And it was, it was kind of fun to just kind of share that experience. Speaking of mud, um, there's Ron's iconic photo of one Mr. Weldon body surfing through, oh. um, the mud slog course. <laughs> yeah. The right? mud slog course. Yeah. 
<laughs> from last year. That's a fan favorite. That's a fan favorite. People like that. Yeah. You know, that's a picture I would put on my wall. It's not the way you go down that. <laughs> and it was dry as a bone. Yeah. So it, it didn't. It's yeah. a beautiful shot. And Jamie summed it up this year as he went down and he's like, people go down on their stomachs. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, it was perfect. Like, yeah, that's. People. Not? Person per- goes down. Person goes down <laughs> it on his stomach. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and Mike I, Mike instantly like told me several times. He's like, "Don't post that. Don't post that." And oh, I was like, "Nah." You you absolutely yeah. have to. And now it's one of his favorites too. So, you know, it's great. It's a great shot. It's Weldon. I mean, yeah, yeah. I love taking photos of that dude. I I like the thinking of the other photos that I've liked that I've shot. As I was waiting at Twisted Branch this year. Forget exact. I mean, I know where I was. I just don't have a good way to describe it because it was in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of an open field, blue skies, and he comes out of the woods after I'd just seen him at um, what was that aid station where, where we where everybody was DNFing. I, th- I saw you there. Everybody was just posted Italy, up hanging out. Italy, Italy bats. Italy road. Italy road. Yeah. And um, the goose adventure. Yeah. And so I saw him there, and he was uh, hanging out, and you know we're talking and. He's telling me how he's not sure if he's going to run anymore or not. He might be done for the day. And so I was like, all right, cool. You know, good luck. And I went back out. I go out over there. I'm there for maybe like an hour waiting for runners to come through. And out of the woods pops Weldon. And I'm like, and he looked fine for that mm-hmm. far in the race. Like, he looked fine. Yeah. He's um, always looking fine. Yeah, exactly. He's a fine looking <laughs> man. And, uh, and he comes running up. And it was just like. With his hair, the pink hat, the whole deal, like, in the blue sky, green trees, I was like, boom, here it yeah. is. And, you know, like Ron was saying earlier, it's you don't get stuff like that in a 5K. Yeah. I mean, it's like no one else there. I thought, that's something that, like, I'd, like I would hang that up just because you did, it's cool. That's and I, fe- I feel like we get these really special, cool moments mm-hmm. that other people don't get to experience. Yeah. And it's... A lot of the times it's that. It's us and them. Yeah. And, you know, they don't and we know have these little interactions. They don't know you're there. And, you know, as, you know, we know most of the people that we are out photographing. So you know, we see them a lot. And so we have a lot of these little things that just keep adding up. So we have these favorite moments. And it's like we've got them in photographs. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just, oh, we were out in the woods hanging out together. And, you know, remember that time? It's like, no, we remember that. And right. it's like oh, every, that's pretty cool. Every picture is is one of those things. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. A, I mean, thinking about that same area, there was a guy. Like, I don't really frown upon hamming it up. I don't really care. People can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. But um, so that's a note. If you ever want to ham it up, you just look for me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, there was a same place. There was a dude who like was behind Weldon by two or three places, something like that. And he comes out of the woods and. And, like, this is another thing. I don't even know this guy. I don't know anything about him, but I'm going to remember this as long as I live because he comes up. He looks okay, but not great. And as soon as he sees me, which this happens with a lot of runners, is, like, as soon as they see the photographer, like, their A-game shows up. They're like, oh, I got to stop slouching. I got to, you know, put my stuff together. And uh, But this dude shows up, and, like, I can see that he's getting his form all together. And then he just stops on this bridge and throws, like, the Usain Bolt, like, bolt pose like on the bridge and he's like can you get this for me and he just like throws it down in the middle of this big open field at like mile 50 and i was like you know what that's awesome buddy and the photo came out great but like that's a moment that was just kind of cool like yeah it, it happened i don't you know he uh i don't know him from anybody right but it was fun and he had fun and he left with like a bounce in his step that i was like if that helps him make it to the next aid station awesome right there is this 
power in the camera that is just the oddest thing to me. That, like, you have moments like that that happen, but, like, you know, you're up at the top of a climb, and all of a sudden, people who have been walking for five, ten miles, all of a sudden, they're going up a pitch like this, yeah. and they're just hammering it <laughs> because they see you there or they see the camera, and it's just like, yeah, it's amazing. Like, people see the camera, and they just like that is this not whole. The- that is not the story of me on power lines. It's not, but, <laughs> but it's happened. Yeah, it has happened. But I will say, for as many times as that happens, you also have people who are cursing you out for being mm. there. And that happens too. It's like I've been told so many times, like, of course you're sitting at the top of yep. this hill, blah, 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 blah. At the top of the climb at Money Sneaker. Too. You might have said that to me. <laughs> at the top of the climb at Money Sneaker. No, it was that. In the, yeah. middle, the middle of the climb at Money Sneaker. The middle of the climb at Money Sneaker. And that's... Cool. I don't care. I mean, people no, say whatever you, the hell they want to say, but um, my I, I say it s- mostly in jest. Yeah, I was chasing Dan at Ostrander do. and Bed Madness, and you were there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you were in the in the bog at at Madness this year. Oh, God. Don't remember. Yeah, that. that was a bad experience. <laughs> hey, that's a good shot. You got me just as I passed Josh Stratton. <laughs> but I have a pretty firm, like I have a pretty firm con- level of confidence around shooting in ridiculous and difficult places yeah. because, like, at the end of the day, like any runner of a, taking a photo of them, like you said this earlier, right? Like roots and rocks. Mm-hmm. I could take a photo of anybody running on roots and rocks all day long, and they're gonna go, "That's uninspiring. It's whatever. I don't really care." I ran sixty-two miles, and you take a photo of me running over roots and rocks, whatever. But if I go up to the top of a hill, you might curse me that entire time, but. Going back to this photo is going to be a memorialization of the thing that you did. You're going to remember whether I was on that hill or not. You're going to remember that hill. Yeah. Exactly. The fact that I'm on that hill helps <laughs> you with that. Yeah. And oh. um, and every single time I've ever had anybody curse me out on that, if I ever get feedback from them about the photo, it is always hands down. I didn't know I looked that good. <laughs> I felt way worse than that, and I'm like, see, you're. And it's like a way to show them like you're tougher than you think you are. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I always, I got into a habit of saying hello to you as I ran past you. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people that know you might say, Hey, how's it going? And they, now they've, you know, in Ron's eyes, they completely blown the shot because they're not natural. And in your eyes, they probably did because now they're looking right at you and it's like off, you know? The only time that I ever get like that is if they like, look at me. I don't care. I mean, and honestly, like I try to shoot, you've seen my photos enough that, like I'm shooting you usually a little bit further away from me than right mm-hmm. next to me. Yeah. That usually I've got you before you've done that. Right. So I don't really care that much. Right. Yeah. I was just trying to say it like afterwards. Uh, oh yeah. And oh yeah, yeah. And I prefer that because yeah. what ends up happening is I have these series of photos of you contortioning your mouth <laughs> as you're. Right. It's oh, like well, oh, none of these are usable because you're going to come out looking like you know. You're what, drunk. Did you get electrocuted yeah. while you were running? Yeah. Well, yeah. He, was, he was having a seizure on his way past me. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. So yeah, that's part of my yeah. no hamming it up. Yeah, thing. say hi to your local <laughs> photographer just after you run past them. Yeah, you know what? I whatever. <laughs> I can figure it. Out. I know, I know. There's rules, and then there's rules. I know, I get it. Yeah, it's I'm, fine. In life, in general, I'm not much of a stickler <laughs> for rules, <laughs> which is odd, saying that we've just elected a ridiculous rule guy uh, for. Uh, present but whatever <laughs> and we're gonna skip right over that so one hour <laughs> cut that out <laughs> beep, beep. mark that one hour 18 minutes lusher lusher ruined the podcast the whole thing yeah take over start from the beginning <laughs> <laughs> uh you guys want to talk about anything else i mean 
think we tried to cover everything. I think we got everything. Is there anything you wanted to cover? No, I sort of did that surreptitiously. Yeah. I noticed you did that last time with me and Dan and Jeff Green also. Mm-hmm. Just kind of happens, which is cool. Yeah. Where we came from, where we are, and where we're going. You hit all three of those. I think we did. Uh, going to sell coffee table books. Yeah. <laughs> Calendars. Oh, we are um, going to do... Um, one of the things that we do pretty frequently, we have people come up to and excuse me, come up to us and ask so a lot of questions like you asked us today, like what kind of camera do you use? How do you shoot this thing? How do you do whatever? And we've been toying with the idea of doing workshops for people who want to learn because um, people come up pretty often and talk about that. And we're just like, listen, we could sell like a a Saturday morning, go to the woods workshop, mm-hmm. and one of them might be like, how to use available light, how to meter correctly for this or whatever. Um, We've also had people ask us to do things like, how can you, te- can you teach me how to use uh, Lightroom or something like mm-hmm. that, which we don't give tutorials. Mm-hmm. There's internets for that. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, we've been talking about doing like workshops and things like that. Which I'll append this. Mike has been saying, well, mm-hmm. talking about it. I've oh, yeah. Been, Ron doesn't want anything to do with it. Uh, for my graphics theory, I'm not very much of a teacher. Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm a teacher, but we'll see I think what, I can We'll see what becomes of it. But yeah, it may or may it's out there. It's something that we can. It's an interesting idea. Bring to Who the knows? table. Well, the the interesting pe- how to meter correctly. People might not have light meters, right? Like, you, if you have a camera, you do like mm-hmm. a camera that's not like an iPhone. That's what I got, man. Although uh, the new iPhone Seven Plus is pretty dude, nice. It's pretty sweet. I took an awesome picture of Jason Mintz and Ellie Pell at the Menden Fifty K. Are you using the portrait mode thing? I did. It's really pretty good. It's pretty good. If you It's not get, great. Yeah, if you get up close, you can see some of the issues with it, but I'll show you my work. Well, they're clearly adding digital bokeh, so mm-hmm. it can get a little flaky on the edges. But yeah, it does that pretty nicely. Right. That's not a bad shot. That's not a bad shot. Hey, you know, I mean, hey, I'm no Ascend Collective, but... And then this is the other one I took with the portrait mode. Oh, that came out nice too. Yeah, I'm telling you, like, I'm really pleased with how this portrait mode works. And honestly, even the not portrait mode to just straight up JPEG shot yeah, so that's, is great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's. I'm to, I like it as good as it is, though it's really hard to beat that that same effect with a. Oh, with a real cam. It's, it's, it's not even a comparison. If I, have, if I was somebody who had never touched one, mm-hmm. I would be enthralled and loving it. Well, that's for me. But right. how many hits and misses I have with it. Right, like I just took this at Christie the other day, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Yeah, like you, you go can pull it out of your pocket and just." Right, that's that. what I mean. She wanted. To, she was doing like a color look for her eyes that she wanted to post on Facebook, and yeah. she's like, "Can you take a photo?" And I'm like, "I don't feel like going to get my camera." I was like, "I'm just going to do this," and I was like, "Click," and I was like, <laughs> "Good enough." <laughs> yeah. Who needs a Sun Collective? When Who, you hell no! I don't know. Oh. And with personalities like these. <laughs> You buy the picture, but you pay for the personality. Exactly. (laughs) Man, I like chatting with those guys. We were all having a pretty interesting, should you say, week. And uh, once we sat down to record, that kind of just all went away for a bit. And we were able to settle into some good old-fashioned storytelling. So, we mentioned a lot of stuff in there. Um... Would you be interested in one of their workshops? Send them a note on their Facebook page, as always, you know, link in the show notes, to let them know that there are people who want to learn their skills. 
And now I got a little random giveaway. Do you have a favorite Ascend picture? If you do, I'm sure you do. Each of us does. Heck, you heard about a bunch of mine during the show. I'm really interested to see yours. You notice I talked a lot about my favorite shots. Um, So head out to their website, uh, theascendcollective.com. Browse to your favorite picture, grab the link from your web browser, and share it on the Facebook page or in the Slack chat along with a quick sentence as to why it's your favorite. I'll collect the names of everyone who entered, and on December 23rd, I'll pick a random name, and they'll win a free social media download image of their choosing, courtesy of little old me, because, well, they will have already purchased their favorite shot using that awesome discount code, I'm sure. And don't worry, I'm going to use that discount code to buy this little picture for them as well. Could be you. I could be buying a picture for you. Imagine that. So what's that Slack chat that I mentioned? Well, Slack is a chat room where listeners of the podcast talk about all sorts of stuff, including latest podcast episodes and radio shows. Many of the podcast guests are out there, and both Kendra and Kate from the radio show are out there. We just chat about running and randomness. Think of it as uh, social media with only the social part. (laughs) So how about that? You can get an invite to the Slack chat by clicking the link on the right side of the website, which you know is runningincideoutpodcast.com. Mike Lesher and Ron Hirkins are also out in the Slack chat, so you could go out there and talk to them about this particular episode. You know who else is also out there? Jonathan Griffith, owner of the Rochester Running Company, who I must thank for sponsoring this show. That's called a segue. If you're a regular listener, then you know that Rochester Running Company is located in Collegetown, which has a bunch of free parking, a lot, like everywhere. You know also that the Rochester Running Company is focused on being a social hub for runners. Visiting the Rochester Running Company is a lot like a great run. Once you experience it, you want to do it again as soon as possible. Whether it's for the friendly staff, the cool brands that you can't find anywhere else, or the clean towels and cold water after one of their frequent and free group runs, you just can't get enough. I just picked up an Ultimate Direction Groove Mono belt from there. Uh, Walked in, picked up the belt that they already had waiting for me, and chatted with Shelby while I drank a cup of water. Then I strapped on the belt and headed out for lunch at the Soup Spoon. Well, I just strapped on the belt to make sure it fit. I didn't actually wear it to the Soup Spoon, though I doubt they would mind. Anyway, Rochester Running Company has a Facebook page that is also full of hustle and bustle with many pop-up runs or running-related activities constantly being discussed and organized. Bring your friends, bring your running group, make some new friends, and meet other running groups. Rochester Running Company. Run our city. Together. Also, don't forget this month's discount code for Josh Stratton LMT is WEBSITE. Get out to his Facebook page and book a 60-minute massage for $50 with that code. He's right down in Winton Place and can work out all those winter aches and pains with ease. Also, he's on the Slack chat, so if you have any questions for him, or maybe you want to book on the Slack chat with him, you could send him a private message on Slack, since he doesn't have a website yet, but he's working on it. So use the code WEBSITE to book with Josh, our bug him on the Slack chat. And uh, since the 
Season of giving is upon us. I want to take a moment to thank the current Patreon supporters who continue to give to keep this podcast a rolling. Without them, we uh, wouldn't have made it through the technological woes of October. So, ooh, thanks. And uh, a quick shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, Pete Cressock. You may know Pete from such amazing places as Ithaca, the Beast of Burden Winter 50 Miler, Oil Creek 100, and uh, he recently was Eric Schrantz's uh, URP Daily News filler inner. So Pete sure has had a heck of a year, and the height of which is certainly becoming a Patreon supporter of the podcast, in my eyes at least. So thanks, Pete. If you are in a giving mood this holiday season, please consider donating to a local charity. There are many worthy causes out there, and giving locally always feels good. If you are feeling extra giving and you look forward to this podcast each week and it inspires, educates, or entertains you regularly, consider becoming a Patreon supporter. Check out the homepage and click the Patreon banner. Please know that any amount of support is appreciated. Thank you. One last thing. If you are doing any shopping at Amazon, and this time of year chances are high, consider clicking through the Amazon link on the right side of the page before you go shopping. Amazon sends a small cut back of what you purchased to the podcast, and those pennies definitely add up. So, wow, I just threw a lot at you. They're called a call to actions. But anyways, the best part is you don't have to remember any of these if you head out to the show notes for links to everything I mentioned. Here's a quick summary of what you'll find. TheAscendCollective.com. Use code RIO to get 20% off photos until December 31st. Share a link to your favorite Ascend picture on the podcast Facebook page, facebook.com slash runinsideout, along with why it is your favorite, and a random entry will win social media download. Visit Rochester Running Company for some great group runs and winter sales. Book a massage with Josh Stratton and use the code WEBSITE for $15 off a 60-minute massage. Check out the links to Patreon, Slack Chat, and Amazon. By the way, can't even remember to go out to the website? Just go out there just this one time, one little time, and sign up for the newsletter. Then the show notes get emailed to you right when the new episode comes out. You don't even have to go out to the website anymore. Okay, that's it. We're done. Thank you all for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends. Thank you for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. Until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.